When we look around our world right now, you'll notice that there are a lot of people who have Christmas decorations in their yard, all over their home. And we'll notice that this has come out very quickly this year, and I don't think it's just your normal, let's get past Halloween and have an early Christmas. I think the reason why we see such an increase in Christmas decorations is because people are really hungry for hope and joy. Now we in the church, we should pay attention to this because this is an opportunity to shine the light of the gospel and to evangelize to people because people are looking and hungry for that truth. So this is Kingdom of the Logos, and we hope to bring you a program of value as we have some critical thinking and adventure here talking about Christmas and a lot of other things. Thank you for joining us. This is Kingdom of the Logos, and I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor. There are two others with us in the studio. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Pastor Mike Proctor. And it feels like it's been a while since we're here, and I've already referred to myself in the third person plural, <laughs> so things are getting a little weird. Are y'all ready to bring somebody a program of value talking about Christmas? Oh, Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, indeed, and uh, it is the kingdom of the Logos. That's of great value right there. It is. And Pastor Mike, would you open us up in prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day and uh, ask you for your presence to be felt among us. We know that you are ever-present, all-knowing, and Lord, uh, uh, all-powerful. But in the same sense, Lord, help us to be present. I pray for each and every viewer watching, Lord, for... Uh, them to, with all their burdens and everything, to be able to lay them to the side and for you to transform us, transform us all, Lord, and bring us closer to you. So help us, dear Lord, in this podcast to uh, reflect on our life and most of all the world around us and how we can apply uh, the wisdom and knowledge that you have for us that we may bear witness to your kingdom. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so in our world right now, one of the big problems we have is there's not a lot of critical thinking and pursuit of truth, which also means there's a big void for that. People are really hungry for that. And I've noticed this year, and I think others have as well, that even before Thanksgiving, there were a lot of Christmas decorations out. And I don't mean just a few, I mean a lot. Yeah. And I think this is related to the fact that this year I've seen a bigger turnout around Halloween than I ever have in my adult life. I haven't seen this sort of turnout for Halloween since maybe when I was a little kid. And as we know, People have been doing trunk or treat and a lot of stuff. It kind of moved away from that. But this year, there really was a big turnout. And I think there's something more to this, that people are looking for those family-oriented things, which bring us joy, which bring us meaning. And I just wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were on that, because I want us to really focus on this, because this kind of shows us people are hungry for truth. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I've really taken away from this. And I'll let y'all jump into that. What do y'all think about so many decorations coming out so early? Yeah, I, I think, like, I, I guess uh, stores and Walmart, you know, places like that, Home Depot that sell it. I think they've kind of had that trend where Christmas stuff is out. But even before Halloween, that seems to be about the same this year. But I think people's response to it has yeah. been very different. Um, I know a lot of people that have decorated, um, you know, beginning, middle November for Christmas. And it is. There's just something, this gravitation towards light and joy and happiness and and. They just were, I think, before the church, especially pastors um, who like things very orderly and neat and liturgical have been like, this is such a bad thing. You need to wait until Christmas to do this. And now they're just like, you know what? <laughs> like, we need some fun and light and, and, and joy and hope in this stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe it might be a season or two too early. But if it brings you some semblance of God's grace, like, cool, <laughs> just yeah. do it. You know, I think one of the things that's happening here is people are hungry for upward aspirations. And scripture is pretty clearly 
trying to pull us to look upwards towards heaven and aspire to do great things. Mm -hmm. This last Wednesday, I preached on Gabriel in Luke 1 and then on Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And Mm -hmm. I preached from the perspective of Gabriel and also the perspective of Isaiah being two creatures created by God, beings. I don't want to necessarily call Gabriel a person since he's an angel. But in both of those cases, you find someone coming to bring a message to people. Um, though Isaiah doesn't really know what his message is going to be yet, but he's answering the call. You find people taking a message to a hostile world that should be really excited about this message, but they're really not. Like Zechariah, he should be really excited about hearing that he's going to have a son since he and his wife haven't been able to have children. He should be really excited about the peace that's coming to families, restoration in the world. He should be really excited about this, but he's not. And Gabriel comes to him and is basically like shaking him on the shoulders. He's like, you're wondering if this is going to be true or not. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the <laughs> presence of God. I'm telling you these things that are going to be true. I'm on your side. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Gabriel's trying to get Zachariah to look upwards towards the throne of heaven and be excited to have joy in life. Mm. And so many times people get kind of complacent and things of that nature. And that's really where I think we've been in America for a while. But this year there has been a shift where a lot of the veils have been taken away. A lot of the facades have collapsed. And people kind of see the real state of affairs and they, they look at the world and they say, I want that truth. It's time to appreciate the family. It's time to appreciate Christmas. And I think we really have a lot. I've seen a lot of leaders in the church and even just people in general that are well beyond the, you know, if you want to do Christmas in October, do it, get it, get it out. <laughs> right. Pastor Mike, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I think, uh, first of all, it, let's just be honest. 2020 has been a, a horrific year for many reasons for a lot of people, but as we we look to this tremendous uh, um, you know attack, I guess you could say on our on our um, the way we do life uh, has been uh, that that there is this element of Christmas that is good news, and it's uh, we have good memories sometimes of Christmas, and we just can't wait for it to get there. But I've noticed that a, there's a lot of lights out this year. Seems oh, yeah. like more, and they were they were out way early, even before um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm. There, there were seriously some early lights out. It, it, oh, I was just going to say, I feel like this year has like literally been darker. Like I know it gets darker because we have daylight saving, which is also a ridiculous thing. But anyways, um, and, and this, you know, nights are getting longer, but it just feels like, and I think it's just because the emotional weight of this year, but it just feels like literally at four o'clock, it's pitch black. And you're you know just what? like, you know what? Yeah. Well, you, you know, I've noticed a lot of people that's been in the hospital or whatever, regardless of what they've had, they don't have visits from the family because mm-hmm. that's limited. And, you yeah. know, Christmas is about family gathering together. And I think, you know, this whole lights and everything and, and decorating is like we're ready for family to mm-hmm. come back. Uh, Which, we're ready for, you know, God, yeah, and, God ordained the family, brought family about. It's, you know, one of the core things of, of, um, of human creation. And since it is gone there, talking about families not being able to visit their loved ones in the hospital, I will take full responsibility for the statement coming out of my mouth. That is evil. Evil. I'll say it from the figurative pulpit over here. That is evil. That is from below, not from above. But to contrast that, a lot of people, we kind of want to apologize for this year and be like, oh, I know it's so bad that this year has been. This has actually been. And praise be to God, I've got to give credit to God where it's due. This has probably been the best year for Jolton Church of the Nazarene since I've been here. Um, It it has been a a great year. We've really, 
found our footings. And I know I myself am a lot better man and a lot better pastor when I have a clear and present sort of conflict to deal with. And this year has really provided that in my leadership at the church. And I've been able to navigate through that. And it's actually been pretty good. But to kind of something you talked about, Dad, about how even before the Thanksgiving time, there were a lot of Christmas lights out. I noticed there's been a difference in the format of Christmas lights. I have seen a lot of Christmas lights that actually spell out the words Merry Christmas. And I've seen a lot more nativity scenes than I think I normally do. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. Maybe it's just me. Or maybe I'm just looking for it. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like I've seen a lot of that out. And even if you go up and down the street right here where this church building's at, there's like, there's a whole horde of them. There's there's a yeah. massive amount of nativity I, scenes. I noticed that on the way here today. And, you know, you was talking about how early they were coming out. I actually saw two houses with Christmas lights up before Halloween. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's way before Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously. But, I mean, again, it, it I think people, if as much as you said 2020 uh, has brought some negativity and a lot of evil has showed its face, at the same time there is a a godly presence about Christmas and celebrating the coming of the Christ child that we're seeing those nativities, we're seeing those lights, we're seeing uh, people embracing family and, and uh, the Christmas season. They're, they're excited for it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Have y'all seen stores ransacked of like Christmas decorations and stuff? Have y'all seen any of that? Or do y'all even do much shopping out? I try to avoid shopping out to the best of my ability. I was trying to think real quick. I know um, like Walmart and Home Depot uh, seem to do pretty well in keeping their stuff in stock. But Dollar Tree, the little Dollar Tree that's right near my house, they have seemed to just be empty of everything. Like they were empty of all their Halloween decorations. They were empty of all their Thanksgiving decorations. And even now their Christmas decorations, I mean, they keep getting new stuff to replenish it, but it just seems as soon as they get it out, there's just people wanting it and grabbing it and eating it. So it's, it has been very interesting this year. Um, And I guess very antidotal (laughs) um, uh, evidence we're talking about here, but just seeing that, just that desire for needing something anything that that is that is happy and colorful yeah, and, and, and bright um and again over three seasons like halloween uh, thanksgiving and christmas just this desire for something yeah. that's not drab yeah yeah and to that point you were talking earlier about how it feels physically darker this year this wednesday night i had someone in the church say you know we always wonder about spiritual warfare mm. but this year it feels mm. real And she kind of testified how a lot of things that she views in the world has changed completely this year. Um, And kind of going back to the stores, going back to Halloween, a lot of times you can buy like a surplus of Halloween candy and stuff the day after. This year, it was pretty ransacked leading up to Halloween. And I was on my way to the church the day after Halloween. And when I stopped in Walmart on the way over here, nothing. There was none of that discount candy and stuff because I was planning (laughs) on buying a bunch of it. Even the the bad candy? Because you, you always see that bad candy hey, left over. I, I like the bad candy. Oh, It's because you have bad taste. And there is a bad candy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know. It's, is there uh, such a thing all, as bad ice cream? No, but there is a such thing as bad candy. And also, if I'm taking the guilt earlier, I, I'm taking... Send your pitchforks to 6186, 6186 Eaton's Creek Road, and send your bad candy, too. I'll take up for candy. I, I don't want to disparage the good name of candy. Bring it to me. I, bring me your Valentine hearts. Your candy corn, your licorice, black licorice, ship oh. it all over here, and I'll eat it. Oh, I man. like it all. I like the seasonal candies, even. Even the bad ones. You, you know, you were talking about um, how you, I hadn't been in a lot of stores, but like everyone else, I probably do a lot more shopping nowadays on 
online and and I've been looking for a nativity set when we were talking about that but it seems like the I'm actually looking for a large outdoor mm. nativity set and and there there are a lot of them are sold out but it's so I thought well I'll just buy the individual pieces and guess what is almost uh, almost always sold out you would think oh it's baby Jesus or Mary but no there's like a tremendous sellout on Joseph Probably the one that oh, has really? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy. But anyone out there um, watching, if you have a large outdoor nativity set that you are willing to sell, um, again, you can send uh, information where you're viewing there and let me know, and I'll try to get in contact with you. Um, but, of course, still send your pitchforks to 61. Yeah, send the pitchforks to Dylan. Yeah. Send, yeah. send your nativities to me. Send your grace chapel. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to send to Trinity. Just never mind. Yeah. But I will say that I did. I, I forgot about that. I went to two Walmarts, a Michael's Craft Store, a Dollar Tree, and I think two Home Depots trying to find a nativity set. I just wanted a small, simple one. I'm hiding them in our sanctuary on each Sunday of Advent. And then like slowly the nativity is going to come together until Christmas Day. And I just wanted a small little like, and I couldn't find them. They were <laughs> gone. And I'm just like, what is happening specifically nativity sets? Like, did everyone's break this year? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening? Uh, I, another thing that I think has really happened this year is there's been a shift in what is important in the church. Mm. And, you know, we used to talk about the, the worship wars, stuff like that. Obviously, I'm a bit of a weird Nazarene. I wear a clergy collar, which, by the way, I, th I think we're long past the debates of what style of music you want, what I style so. of, of cler clothes do you want to wear. I think we're pretty and much at the point. And shoes or non-shoes. Shoes or non-shoes. I think we're to the point of, <laughs> do you actually believe in biblical orthodoxy? And yeah. can we assemble around the, the common truth there in God? And one of the things that I have come to rethink this year is, you know, you can look across the seasons of music that have happened throughout even the currently living generations and see there used to be a large emphasis on heaven. Now, the pendulum swung away from that. And... As the pendulum song, a lot of people really looked at that as this idea that says, you know, kind of sit on your hands and wait to go to heaven. Mm. We talk about songs like I'll Fly Away. I have rethought a lot about that this year, and I realized there's something to be had in realizing there's a heaven to be admired and a hell to be repulsed. Mm. And it's not just about that I want to, you know, forsake this world and be at heaven. But there is this idea of upward aspirations that has been lost. And we've got to rediscover those upward aspirations. And even doing something like putting Christmas lights in your yard, even if it's something like Santa Claus, I cannot believe I'm saying this over <laughs> here from the pulpit. So I'm going to have to mail myself a Saint fire Nicholas. pitchfork. Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. But, you know, there's upward aspirations. And for all the people out there that say, you know, well, the pagans had that holiday or the tree or whatever. You know what? God made all days. There are uglier pagans God has dibs on all the days and all the trees. <laughs> You gonna preach with a red suit on Sunday? Um, no. <laughs> but don't tempt me. All right. So kind of we got bad. some more serious conversations to have. We're gonna get progressively more serious as we go through our program, and then we'll take a spin towards something fun with buy, sell, or hold with Christmas treats. That'll be what we wrap up with. But let's go ahead and wrap this segment up, and then we'll come back and talk about. Advent, the purpose of Advent, and Pastor Mike's going to lead us in that. So we'll be back here in a moment. Thank you for spending time with us here at Kingdom of the Logos. Okay, we're back. Advent is that season that is right before Christmas. 
Christmas. And the question has been asked of me, why is the Advent season so important to us today? Well, you know, this is it. It is true that we as Christians, uh, we love Christmas decorations and they, they begin to appear early and earlier, as we said, you know, it seems like every year, but this year in particular, they, they really came out early. But <laughs> for some, it is traditional for us to, you know, decorate on the Friday after Thanksgiving. But we now see those Christmas decorations going up before decor before Thanksgiving, and in some stores we even see the Christmas decorations coming out before Halloween and the shelves being ransacked and everything this year. But, you know, there is a bleed over from the Christian calendar into the secular calendar and reverse as well from the secular into the Christian calendar. But one thing's important to notice here, that Christmas in the secular calendar is kind of the end of the year. But for us as Christians, it's the beginning. It's something new. And I think that's, that's very important as we see this Advent season. And so we ask, you know, what is this Advent season all about? So today we're going to take a look into this season of Advent and discuss the tremendous importance it has for us today and especially this year. So Advent, what is it? Is it more than a countdown to a chocolate treat? You know, in a cardboard box, Dylan? Yeah. You know, coming to the question of that, a lot of people, when we hear the word Advent, we think about those Advent calendars. I know yeah. my earliest memory of the word Advent, and probably what I thought about that word for the first 15, 20 years of my life, there was a really nice couple that were about the age of my grandparents, the Kleins, who lived down the street from us. And every year they would get me and my brother an advent calendar. And, and it was so exciting. You would go down there. They had a dog that was super well trained. And oh, yeah. shot little britches couldn't come into the living room. And we always had fun with that. They would give us the advent calendars. And that's really what I thought of with that word. I had it associated with people and that chocolate calendar, which was always a delicious treat, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's got to be something more to that. We can look at the word Advent itself, and we can tell it's similar to the word adventure. And in fact, both of them share that same etymological root. And understanding the concept of adventure is actually a good place to start. Because when we look at God, God was willing to come down from heaven and really walk with us here on this earth. In Advent, it is this word which means the coming or arrival. And as much as our world right now, as Christians, we are called to reflect God. We're called to reflect Christ. Advent is the beginning of the Christian calendar, and our whole calendar is structured to reflect the life of Christ as well. And like I referenced in the last segment, just I know there will be people who come along and say, oh, well, Jesus, you probably wasn't really born on December 25th. Well, you know what? God made the heavens and the earth, and he appointed the day cycle, so he has dibs Amen. on it anyway. Um, <laughs> and the Christmas trees as well. And the Christmas trees as well. That's right. If he speaks the trees into existence, I bet he can use one for a holiday if he wants to to celebrate <laughs> the birth of Christ, the advent of Christ. So it is a season for preparation, and it's preparation for the Christmas season. And that's interesting because a lot of times we think the Christmas season and Advent season are the same, but they're actually a little bit different. Advent comes first and then Christmas. <laughs> but it is a great time to celebrate the birth of the Christ child. Now I'll hand things over to Pastor Amanda. Yeah, well, I was thinking um, also just a little bit of tangent going off script. Except for last year, most Advent calendars aren't even actually Advent calendars because they start on December 1st. That's right. true. That's true. And That's Advent true. calendars actually should start on the 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 first Sunday of Advent, which is four Sundays before Christmas. So it always yeah. changes. So sometimes Advent may be a longer season or a shorter season, depending on where Christmas lies. Um, 
but last year it just worked for everyone who really likes things to be just so um like me um it, the first sunday of advent lay was on december 1st but this year doesn't it, it doesn't work out for us so much but as we're talking about preparing for the coming of christ the advent of christ the first one um we also in this season then prepare for the second coming or the second advent and this is something that just really has been brought to my attention recently in, in studying um for last, uh, the liturgical calendar, the gospel readings were in Matthew, and now we're in Mark. But I read in a commentator that said, really, for the early church, um, although they would have known the stories of Christmas, they would have known the stories of, of Jesus's teaching, and they were important, obviously, to them, the big focus of their theology, of their preaching, of if they were to have a, a liturgical church calendar, a big portion of it wouldn't actually have been focused on that, but would have been focused on the second coming, preparing for the second coming. And I've never really thought about it like that, but it is fascinating as we talk about why is the season of preparation for Christ's coming important now in 2020? Like we're 2,000 years removed from the baby in the manger. It is because as we are preparing uh, in hearing the stories and preparing our homes with decorations for the coming of Christ, we are to do that to prepare our lives for the coming, uh, for his second coming. And to go on Dylan's point as well about kind of the end times, the eschaton, it's not an excuse to just kind of wait and bide our time. It really is. We get to live as if that kingdom is here in its fullness right now. Um, so yes, yeah, so that is the season of Advent, that preparation, that practice uh, of anticipating uh, the coming of Christ. Yeah. Amen. You know, um, uh, as we're here in the studio, we've gathered a list of reasons that the Advent season is tremendously important to us in the 2020 world here that we live in. But uh, I would like to hear from all the viewers out there. So we're going to go through this list. But if you've got something, whether you agree or disagree, or you have something else that's very important, go ahead and uh, uh, write those down in the comments. And so I'm going to start off with the coming of Christ, who is perfect truth. That is one of the reasons that I think Advent is so important to kind of go on your coattails and what you were saying about the second coming. But, but really, the coming of Christ, hmm. the perfect truth that is, is um, what Christ brings. I think that's something we hunger for in this 2020 season. What do you think, Pastor Amanda? Oh, yeah. And, and I think, like we've talked about before, this year has um, brought to light, I think a lot of people have already been disillusioned with various systems and structures and things of this world but this year has kind of like crammed all those crises into one year yeah. and so we've been a little bit more alert to that and 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 as we see in this this preparation anticipation for Christ coming uh, the joy is that Christ comes bringing perfect truth that we don't have to second guess um, or wait for another source to 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 you know contradict or or for you know Jesus to be like oops I'm what I meant to say <laughs> you know all those confusing things that this year has brought to us uh, Christ heals them and mends them and just gives us uh, and again when we talk about perfect we're saying complete uh, exactly that which it was meant to be um, and and Christ comes bringing that truth and, and I think you know. Uh, that Bible verse we often hear, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, often that can almost sound like a cheap platitude that people just kind of throw out there when having conversations. But it really does give us hope and peace and joy and love because we know through this world, how do we get through this world? Well, 
we follow Christ. Christ has already Amen. made that way. Christ yeah. has already Amen. shown the light and, and, and is the truth that when we look at our world and we're like, things are chaotic. How do we make it through this year? Well, we follow in the footsteps of Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had several people ask me uh, about the, the book of Revelation and ask, you know, have the seals begin to be begin to be broken? Are the seals being opened? And so, you know, I think that comes to there is a hunger for for justice. So the, the season of Advent is, is also important because it is that that uh, preparation, that celebration of the coming of Christ to set things perfect in a sense of justice, perfect justice. What yeah. do you think, Dylan? Well, you know, you brought up there the return, really, of Christ. We've talked about that a lot. One of the things which has been done with the book of Revelation a lot is people have looked at it and they've turned it into some sort of formula or something like that. And you find a lot of versions of that. You'll find people who will put something like the Left Behind book out there where they've got this formula with all these seals. But you'll also find people in academia who will come along and say, oh, well, you know, the number 666 is actually Nero. And this is just John being dramatic about the stuff going on in Rome. And there in Revelation 22, it warns you, it says, don't add anything to it. Don't take it away. <laughs> um, actually take the text for what it says. And so often we think that our world reads into Revelation, but I think that's the opposite of what the truth is. And I'm, I know I'm probably being confusing about that. Um, the cosmic battles of good and evil, the ultimate judgment, the new heaven, the new earth, these big giant cosmic events, they are larger than the moments in which we live. And it's not that Revelation is reflecting Nero, and it's just John writing a dramatic interpretation of Nero. It's that Nero's wickedness is reflecting the cosmic battle between the dragon and the archangel Michael who's sent out by God. These cosmic battles, they spiritual are being reflected. Warfare. The spiritual warfare, yes, is breaking in. And you're finding people imitate the cosmic battles. And this year, people are hungry for that perfect justice. And yeah. I know just about every word in the English language has now got all this baggage and stuff thrown mm. upon it. Like we can't even talk about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. When Amanda says that, it makes me think of Han Solo in the new Star Wars movies where they're asking about Luke Skywalker. You know, is he really all this stuff? And Han Solo's like, it's true. It's all <laughs> true. true. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. It's like he actually is the way, the truth, and the life. And that means Jesus, exactly what... Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um, it means exactly what... It means. Yeah. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. It it matters today. Mm. And 2,000 years, we can look back and we can see that baby being born to a young mother. Um, we can see there's abuse of power. There's all sorts of narratives being twisted and woven around the world. None of this stuff is new. But those that were there, they were longing for the coming of, of Christ to set things right. And we in our own day, we see people... Sometimes we get a little comfortable, and maybe that's one of the reasons why we like the, the innocence of the baby Jesus. We think of that because we think, oh, that's safe. He's a baby. He's just, you know, vulnerable and humble. But we forget that God is also dangerous. His throne, it demands and declares that booms and peals of lightning and thunder, they come from it. Even the, the seraphs that attend him there in Isaiah 6, they've got to keep their eyes and their feet covered because they'll get smote if they don't, you know. It's one of those things where God is quite dangerous. Even for people that he loves when he says, I'm giving you my Ark of the Covenant, I'm giving you the temple and all these gifts. Uh, don't go in there under the wrong circumstances or Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark will be your life. Um, <laughs> don't do it. Don't go in there. Um, God is dangerous, but he is good. And we have to put that in the proper perspective. And people are hungry for that. 
Mm. And this year, we've got an opportunity to preach that truth. Mm. So, Pastor Mike. Uh, you know, I was looking on, uh, I think, one of scrolling on one of the social media sites, and one of my friends, a uh, fellow pastor, he was there, and, and he and his wife, they got three children. And they had this uh, tradition in their family where they were uh, telling uh reading the Genesis creation story and as they read this story then each child would you know take turns putting an, an a ornament on the tree and that was part, is how they did that and so they worked their way through the creation uh, story and so as, as I hear that you know the, the advent season is is also a time where we look to something beautiful that mm. God's creation is extremely beautiful and you know the creation has fallen. But I think there's this element that for the season of Advent, it's tremendously important to us in the year 2020 because Advent is the coming of God's perfect beauty again. What do you think, Pastor Amanda? Yeah, um, you know, as you were talking about that, I, I thought about, um, I don't know if you guys were very familiar with Adventures in Odyssey. It was a... Oh, yes. It, it was yes, a yes, kind yes. of a radio program that turned yeah. into a, a cassette tapes and, of course, CDs um, yeah. later on. But it was the this story, and one of the things was the two char- main characters, uh, Eugene and Connie, get to go in the Imagination Station, and they go back to the first uh, Christmas and uh, Connie is all dressed up in, in her costume to be Mary in, in, in the local nativity play. And she's got her makeup on and she's all really prettied up. And, and uh, Mr. Whitaker looks at her and is trying to explain to her, like, the first Christmas was not as shiny and maybe glitzy as we like to imagine it, right? It was a baby born in a manger, in, in a dark and stinky manger. And it was childbirth, which is not a pretty thing at all. There's very gross things that happened in that process. Maybe a few screams. Yes. and so, Even from baby Jesus. Exactly. So yeah. it might not have been the silent night um, we all like to pretend it was to be or we would imagine it to be. And, you know, so in this story, uh, the two characters, of course, get to experience the first Christmas and they get to see all the stuff. And what they find out, kind of the, the moral at the end of the story is, is that Christmas was, the first Christmas was still beautiful. Yeah. Even if it wasn't pretty and shiny and clean, it was beautiful. So why was it beautiful? Because uh, completion happened. Like we've talked about with perfect truth and perfect justice, perfection happened, even in the messiness of the world. Uh, grace came down. And, and so what we find in this anticipation for the, the coming of Christ, what we find in the adventure of Advent is this reclaiming of beauty, uh, that there can be wholeness and health and healing, uh, even in the midst of some pretty dark and gloomy and dingy days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, you know, I think also there's there's this whole sense that um as much as we see the nativities come and and people uh, returning, I, ho- I hope there's a great revival breaking out. You know, I, f- I, f- I feel the the presence of God in the midst of all the ugly and and the and uh, the beauty of God and the presence of God in our life. There there is this understanding that Advent is all also about anticipating the great adventure of God's perfect love that it's coming and it's not only transforming but it's going to be here one day what do you think pastor dylan you know we talk about god's perfect love and i want to frame that by going to perfect judgment (laughs) judgment yes indeed where some will be given life eternal and others will be ended in final calamity Mm -hmm. 
you think about the day of judgment and the hour of judgment. A lot of people, we imagine this and we say, we hope that somehow by just the seat of my pants, I'll be found worthy and cleansed mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb. But in truth, we forget that God is actually on your side. God wants you to be spared on that day. Yeah. Like God wants you to be spared enough on that day mm-hmm. that he left the realms of heaven. He took on flesh and he bled and died to lead us to salvation. You know, the child that was there born, he was being sought by evil to be destroyed. The cross was awaiting him. All of these things, which sounds so horrifying. Mm. And then it also reminds us that the noble things that actually bring you beauty in life, they come at a cost. And even for the heavens and earth to exist there in Genesis, God has to eradicate the void. Um, I know earlier I touched on the idea that God is, is dangerous. He's not safe, but he's good. When you actually look at the true noble things that bring beauty, they bring justice, they bring love, there's a huge risk involved in that. You look at the empty tomb. You look at God actually dying. You want to talk about something that brings a risk. Um, I know we like our different shows, things like Doctor Who. You watch it and like the doctor dies and regenerates. Jesus was actually fully God, fully man. He was willing to die. Let's test that. Will I really resurrect? I mean, you think about this stuff on that cosmic scale. Mm. Um, This perfect love does something which is dangerous. And we are called to repent. We do our work on our end. You know, we're to forgive as God has forgiven. We're to love and seek others. We snatch people from the jaws of hell. We don't help them advance sin, but we reflect God. We say, you know, I can't stand you doing that wicked deed over there, but I'm going to love you enough that, that I want you to stop doing that. You know, we're, we got to be a little bit like Gabriel who comes down there to Zachariah to tell him probably the best message. If you're a priest who doesn't have children and an angel shows up to you, first of all, that should be exciting. You know, an angel of God came to me, you know, be excited. But then beyond that, the angel's telling you, you're going to have a child and all of these big problems in the world are going to be sorted out. Um, by the help of your child, your child's going to contribute to this. You ought to be pretty happy. You would think. You would yeah. think. Um, but Gabriel deals with a Zachariah who's ornery and resentful towards that. Like he doesn't receive this message well. And I love in that text, Gabriel just responds to him. And it's like you can hear his, the tone of his voice. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. <laughs> like you can just hear him saying, what is wrong with you? I like you think, do you think I would have come down from heaven if this was not true? Like you can just hear him <laughs> grabbing Zachariah by the shoulders and shaking him saying, what are you doing? Why are you... You know, for us as the Protestant church, we we seem to somewhat be away from the angels mm. until Christmas comes. Oh, yeah. and and you know that I think for me the the whole embrace. I mean, angels are real. I mean, they're scriptural. Yeah. But where do we? We're, we don't hardly talk about it much until Christmas well, and Advent season gets here, and then man, we're we'll full, we're full blown and excited like like. Well, you know, you got to think, we always wonder, like, why don't angels come? Well, sometimes angels come to people and tell them exactly what they want to hear. And people are like, no, no, I think not. I think I'm just going to ignore that. I don't know if Amanda <laughs> wants to respond. To no, I just all. like when you were emphasizing how Gabriel talked, like you, you got louder and slower. And I think we do that. It, it's like when we, when we try to communicate something and it's not getting in people's head we think okay if i just get louder and slower they will understand the words coming out of my mouth and i just i think i just i feel like god spends 99 percent of god's time just going like this because i like like god just has to be thinking the father has to be thinking i sent you my son the yeah. perfect and complete revelation of God's love yeah. walked amongst you and told you exactly what does you know the Lord your God require of you. 
love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as yourself. It's that simple. Yeah, it, it really it, is. And <laughs> But it is louder and slower. He's going to live a life, have a ministry, and live it before you, and it's going to be louder and slower. 33, yes. now. Yeah, 33 years of yes. this, and y'all can't even. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and this Wednesday night I preached that with Gabriel, and then also Isaiah 6, where... You see God in this powerful image in, mm. in heaven. You see him in his throne. And it's, again, it's that dramatic scene. Um, it's so powerful that this temple made out of stone and like indestructible materials is shaking whenever words are spoken. And God's looking down at the earth like, who am I going to send? Mm. Yeah. These people need to hear a word. They're doing wicked stuff. You know, Uzziah has died. You've got some, some other stuff looming that's on the doorstep. And God's like, I got to give them this pretty serious message. But he doesn't give them that serious message because he wants the destruction because he actually wants them to repent and come back to him. And he looks around and is like, who am I going to send? Mm. <laughs> like, we've got to do something here. And God is actually on your side. He doesn't want you to be destroyed on the day of judgment. Absolutely. So no. I'll, in, let, in I'll fact, let Pastor the, the, Mike wrap this up. You know, the, I think it, just to wrap up that on, 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 you know, we're talking about perfect love and people saying, you know, and you're talking about judgment in that. I think there's a tremendous amount of perfect love for us. And we, we also come from the side of saying, you know, we don't judge. That's God's job. But understand that the dark side of love, and that's what uh, Dr. Dunning calls that on, on judgment and hell, and that we don't have to do that. That's God that's going to do that for us. And for us to hand over all of those hurts and pains and mis injustices that we have uh, endured and giving them to, to God, then we don't have to wallow in, in our, our brokenness, but we are called to aspire for the heavens to let God handle that. And that is really something that is not only beautiful but it's perfect justice and most of all it's perfect love he takes that burden for us to try to seek vengeance and if any of you guys have ever seen someone who's seeking vengeance they're miserable yep. they are truly miserable but those who can forgive and turn it over to god and trust god to to be the one who, who takes care of those things Man, it, it is. It's perfect love for, for creation. Well, now that we've wrapped that up, I, I do. I think we have to understand that I believe this year, Advent is extremely important to us in the church, and it really is to the world, that God is not only uh, coming as we reflect on the Christ child, but Christ is coming again to set things right. And I'll tell you, I think it's not just... Uh, coincidence that we see such bright lights, we see such uh, decorations, and there's a shortage of nativities in the stores sometimes. I think the world is hungry for uh, the coming of Christ. Indeed, and we'll be back to have a fun game of buy, sell, or hold here in a second. Alrighty, what's, what's your favorite Christmas dessert? Let's just think about that for a second. We're going to play a little game called Buy, Sell, a Hold, where we try to sort out what the best Christmas dessert really is. Now, you get to be a part of this game, too. And how this works is if you buy something, you agree with where it's at on our list and that it's good. If you sell something, you either think it's awful and nasty, or you think it's too high on the list or too low on the list, or... Maybe you don't know and you want to hold. You only get one hold per episode, and we're going to do a buy, sell, a hold with Christmas desserts. Now, I do want to open up with a little Bible study from Matthew 12, 37 that says, By your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. So be careful what you're too hard on and what you're too nice with. Um, 
I'll just let Amanda's face respond to that. <laughs> oh, I don't know where that wording's going. I'm quite terrified. <laughs> All righty. Repercussions for desserts we I, don't I like. I feel like the comment box is going to be really full this time. All right. Good. Well, let's get into it, shall we? All right. We got 25. Buy, sell, or hold. Right. And for the record, these desserts, there's something you can hold in your hand or a drink. So it's not going to be like a pie or cake or something that requires a dish. So mm. let's jump into it. Come and get it. Number 25 is actually number 50. And this is fruitcake. And there's got to be 25 <laughs> things better than fruitcake. Fruit so I, I jumped it down to 50, even though it's in our 25th slot. <laughs> There's got to be somebody that likes fruitcake as prevalent as it is. And this is the only thing on this list that I don't like personally, by the way. So fruitcake mm-hmm. at 25, buy, sell, a hold. I agree with where it is. I would put it, I would just say it's 25. And I think the other thing I've realized is because the reason we don't like fruitcake is because we eat cheap, nasty fruitcake. Um, maybe y'all have had good fruitcake, like someone homemade mm. it and like took, because apparently good fruitcake takes days to make. And that's because you use alcohol uh, to to flavor it, and we can't do that in the Nazarene Church, so maybe that's why we don't like fruitcake. Oh man, I got my, I need to get my resume ready. Anyways, I'm joking. Um, but no, I think if we actually had good fruitcake, we might actually like it better. But I think I would agree. Most people would put it on 25 on this list. You, you know, I've I've read somewhere where that there were only a certain amount of fruit cakes that ever exist and it's the same ones and people just pass them around and and you know we really know the exact age and date of, of these fruit cakes but they're very old and and they are very traditional for christmas so i'm gonna buy buy the the reason why they're traditional is because it's the same fruit cakes i like that that's hilarious all right coming in at number, yeah coming in at number 24 is a uh, gingerbread and I like gingerbread. I know a lot of people like to make the houses. I like to eat it. Yeah. And I even like to eat it with coffee and whatnot. Give me some good hard br- gingerbread. Even if it's like a brick. I like it. Gingerbread. Number 24. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, That's I'll right. buy it. And a little gingerbread, man. Don't forget that. You know. Well. In, in all its forms. <laughs> yeah. Don't get ahead of us. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Don't get ahead of us now. Well, okay. All right. Uh, number 23, we have roasted nuts. And I'm really just going to include all nut-related uh, Christmas treats because mm-hmm. peanut brittle is also something that sometimes people do at mm-hmm. Christmas. But you can find it throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. So peanut brittle, roasted nuts, things of that nature. I'm going to sell it because I think it should be higher on the list. Um, my Ooh. dad makes really good roasted, um, I think they're pecans. I don't know. I can't even remember what nut it is. But he roasts them in the oven with butter and salt, or you can do butter and cinnamon sugar. And that thing is better than candy. So I'd put that in my top five list. Okay. So I'm okay. going to sell Fair. it. You, you know, I was going to buy, but after <laughs> hearing her reasoning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sell because it belongs higher. And I remember, you know, the, the nuts, uh, you know, you know, almonds and all kinds of things there and the, and the nut cracker and you just crack them open and get them. So, yeah, I think that belongs higher. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So next on our list coming in at number 22 is stocking stuffer candies. Now, before anybody get really excited, the reason why they're so low on the list is because you only get them right at Christmas and you don't get to enjoy them the whole season. So this Mm. could be stuff like the Lifesaver books, the Candy Kings that are made out of plastic but filled with Reese's. But a lot of the stuff that you get right on Christmas Day or right there around. And the reason why they're so low is you only get them right there towards the end of the Christmas season rather than something you get to enjoy the whole time. Yeah, I guess so. I think, like you were saying, like the the plastic candy canes with like the little yeah. bite-sized candies in it. Yeah, no one just buys those and like yeah, eats you, them throughout that Advent season. So 
oh, I'll buy that. You've sold me on that. So. Well, the rationale is important because yeah. this is delicious candy, by the way. Right, that we should be eating all the time. Yeah, and this is the good candy. Send those to Gray's Chapel, <laughs> and you can send the pitchforks to 6186 Jolton, Tennessee, to all right, Mr. Dillard. All right, Bad was candy. that a buy, sell, or hold for you? That's a buy. Okay, it's buy, because okay. that's good candy. All mm-hmm. right. All right, next up, number 21, we have chocolate-covered drops. Now, this includes chocolate-covered cherries, cream Uh drops, and buckeyes. So that's the chocolate-covered peanut butters, all the things of that variety, just the chocolate-covered drops. Here's the thing. I like buckeyes. Sorry, let me get in front of my mic. I like buckeyes. I hate those nasty chocolate-covered cherry cordials. I think, like, that is, if ever there was a top 100 list, that should be, like, number 1,000. I just... Oh, so I'm I'm really conflicted on where to put this on the list. I don't want to use my hold because we're so early. So I'll just say bye. But you've got like one really great thing in the same slot as something really nasty. Yeah, that's that is true. Some uh, people do have their preference on this. Again, I'm fine with it all. But <laughs> Pastor Mike, well, I'm the oldest one here in the room, but the cream drops and, and are you know notorious in in as my childhood and going back and. Uh, even my wife's grandfather always had them. And, you know, they had a derogatory name associated with them at one time. But, no, I mean, the cream drops, they come every Christmas. And, and I, you know, it, whether you like them or not, you just got to taste you them. You got to eat them. Yeah. You got to eat one. Eat so them. is that a buy? Or two. Or It's a buy. All right. All right. Next up we have, and mind the wording of this specifically, flavored candy canes. Mm. So these are things like the Swedish Fish candy canes. You've got... A lot of things other than just your standard peppermint candy cane, but the flavored candy canes coming in next. Yeah, I'll buy that. What are we at, like 20? We're at 20. Yes. I'll buy it. Yeah, 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 I'll buy it too. I mean, that's a specialty candy that, you know, it it is available this day and age year round, I think. But, you know, just finding it at Christmas makes it special, especially in the packaging. Yeah. The packaging makes it nice too. You don't eat the packaging, but I mean... People, they, you know, deer hunters, you can't eat the antlers either, but it still makes it nice. So yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. I'll yeah. buy. Okay. Um, next up, what we've got here are the Reese's Trees and that mm. number 19. And now the reason why these are so low, because mm-hmm. I know people will get all worked up over Reese's, which they do taste different than a normal Reese's. Because they do. the, the they ratio do. is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chocolate good. to peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But you can also get the Reese's eggs at Easter, mm-hmm. and they're essentially the same. The trees and the eggs are very similar. They're more similar than one another than they are to a Reese's cup. And because this isn't something you can only get at Christmas, that's why it's so low. I get your logic. I want to agree with it, but I still think the Christmas tree should be higher. Because even though, yes, but like you can have from Halloween with the Reese's uh, pumpkin till Easter with the Reese's egg, there is almost a like non-ordinary time Reese's <laughs> shape and, and it is so special and I, f- I feel like it needs to be higher on the list so I'm going to sell okay okay Pastor Mike I'm going to buy for one reason and I love Reese's that's my number one candy but this time of year they have those little Milky Way reindeer I don't know if you've ever had, Never they're, had they're Milky Ways but they're in the shape of reindeer and I, they, they, again, they don't taste like a regular Milky Way, but they are delicious. And so I'm, I'm going to, I really think the Reese's should be higher, but because of the Milky Way reindeer, I will leave the Reese's there where they're at. All so right, it's a so buy. buy. All right, so next up on our list, number 18, we have macaroons. Oh, Ooh. yeah, I like them, 
they need to be cheaper. That is a pricey cookie. Yeah. Um, and also macaroons apparently are also a favored dessert. Oh no, during Passover. Sorry, wrong season. But um, which also depending on what you read about Passover tells you Passover tells you which macaroons because there's like coconut macaroons. Yeah, there's the sandwich lot. macaroons. Um, and each tradition that I've read about has a different macaroon that is the supposed. Anyways, I think they should be cheaper and more available year round. So I agree with where it is on this list. Right. But they're special. And, and even with the price so high, I'm going to buy. You'll buy? Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the next one. Number 17, cream puffs. Uh, I'm going to sell. It should be lower on the list. I feel like cream puffs are kind of like the discount fancy dessert that you can like you can buy like a hundred of them at in the freezer section of sam so they're not very special to me okay so, so we'll sell pastor mike you, you know I, I don't know if i associate them with christmas yeah. as much as i should but i cannot i have to buy on cream puff you cannot <laughs> sell if they just taste too good i'll buy on that all right just all right. on taste alone <laughs> on taste alone yeah. oh my gosh that sounds like by grace alone. Oh my gosh. All right. We got to stop. We got to stop alone, before we get taste smoked. Alone, salvation alone. Um, Christ alone. So next up we have number 16, the Russell Stover variety boxes. And we'll put all variety chocolate boxes in that category too, even if it's a different brand. So the variety boxes that people get this time a year. Yeah. I'm going to sell that because I feel like that should be like, if we're doing a top 25, that should have been like number 24. Okay. I don't, I don't Fair like enough. them. You know, I think I'll buy. Um, You'll buy? Yeah, I don't know. They, again, you know, it's it. Life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think there's there's something of an adventure when you go through there. There and is. That goes with the theme of Advent. So yeah. I'm going to buy. You yeah. never know and, what you're going to get. And I buy it too. I really like them. All right, coming up at number fifteen, uh, Christmas popcorn, and this includes all forms of Christmas popcorn, whether it be something that someone has made to go on a tree, whether it be the tins that come with the three varieties. Um, or the popcorns that people make where they put M&Ms and different things in there. So there's a lot of different ways that people do special popcorn at Christmas. And this one comes in at number 15. Oh, yeah, I'll buy it. I actually found a new kind of popcorn. It was blue can uh, cotton candy flavored popcorn, and it was surprisingly Drink. delicious. Uh, so I will buy it at number 15. Mike, sounds like an ad. Surprisingly de delicious. delicious. <laughs> I, I, will, I will buy. I like to take the ones out of the tin, just mix them all up. Ugh. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. I know it, it aggravates some people, but there's a few of us that really like that. I, li I like to keep my caramel with the caramel, the cheddar with the cheddar, and the butter with the butter. Like, yeah, I do too. Now, I like to eat all of them. Yes. I'm very happy to eat them all at the but same time. But I don't want to reach for a caramel and get a cheddar. Like, yeah, it's very yeah. disturbing. It's an yeah. adventure. <laughs> mix them all up. Yeah, I don't like it mixed. Okay. Um, so we're on number 14 now, and this is peppermint ice cream, which if this were just me, this would be number one. I crave the peppermint ice cream. I will go wild over the peppermint ice cream. Every year Dairy Queen has the peppermint blizzards. I love it. Um, but number 14, peppermint ice cream. Um, I think most people like that, so I'm going to buy it. But just personally, I like mint flavor things, but more like the green mint or the creme de mint. I really don't like peppermint flavored things. So like... I understand other people's appreciation for it, so I'll buy it. But, like, personally, ugh. Pastor Mike? Ah, you know, I'm going to buy it for the same reason. You can't – I can't sell cream puffs. I can't sell ice cream. <laughs> and I'm not sure I'll, I've had peppermint ice cream. What? But I'm going to buy How have you not had peppermint ice cream? I don't know. I don't think we I have. We haven't been to Dairy Queen in, like, nine months. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to We'll have to go sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. All right. Number 13 is – uh, Christmas fudge. 
And this could be any variety of Christmas fudge, but just Christmas fudge in general. You you asked me earlier in preparation if I thought of Christmas treats, and I can't believe I forgot about Christmas fudge. This needs to be in, like, again, the top five. So I'm going to sell it because of its placement because my dad's chocolate fudge, he doesn't do that chewy. I don't like chewy fudge. He makes that hard, melt-in-your-mouth chocolate fudge. Like, oh, yeah, I would, good. yes. Oh, like, you would kill people over this fudge. I know. I want some so bad. So And I can't believe I forgot Pastor about Sherman. it. Yeah. <laughs> Send some chocolate Hurry. fudge. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening, please. Um, Overnight it. Yeah, so this needs to be higher on the list, so I'm going to sell it. All right. Pastor Mike. I'll buy. You'll yeah. buy. Yeah, fudge can get really rich. It is delicious, but you can only eat so much of it before it puts you in like a coma. But that's why you have like a big batch and you just slowly eat one throughout the Advent season and through the Christmas season and maybe a little into Epiphany. I also (laughs) like fudge to be crunchy. Some Mm. people don't like that. I like it dry like that. Yeah, I don't like to eat chewy fudge. Yeah. All right. So on number 12, we have truffles. And this can, Mm. in, in all the variety assortments we have there. So truffles at number 12. Chocolate truffles, right? Yes. Yeah, um, hmm. I never thought of chocolate truffles being or truffles being a uniquely Christmas thing, but yeah, I'll, I'll like buy bon- it. Bonbons, bonbons, bonbons are a kind of truffle. Yeah, yeah, I think so. yeah. So is that a buy for both of you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah buy, I buy okay. too. Yeah, I buy too. I, I used to be the world hold the world record on the amount of truffle eating, and I uh-huh. I don't know if I still hold that record or not. Mm. I may have to we'll get have back to try on that it. out. I, yeah, I, I've been lax in keeping <laughs> that record. All right, at number 11, we have the Oreo balls and mm. other various Oreo treats. There's a lot of people that make delicious stuff. I have a lot of people in my mom's family that make some delicious Oreo stuff. And, I mean, it's just, it, it is worth going into a coma over. This stuff is that yeah, good. I would sell it just because I think it's still, it needs to be, like, if not top five, like, top seven or something like that. It definitely needs to be, like, even one more up in top ten. So I'm going to sell it because that's, I can't think of nine other snacks immediately so yeah. i may be surprised by this list i don't know i haven't seen it so <laughs> well some it of it good. has to do with frequency and commonality too. Mm, that's so. true but i still think it should be higher no, that's fair that's I'll, fair i'll buy I, i'm okay with where it's at <laughs> yeah all right number 10 we have rice krispie treats so a lot of people do creative uh, stuff with rice krispie treats around the holidays um and sometimes it's not actually with rice krispie cereal it could be other cereal but just that general cereal treat yeah i'll buy it Oh, wow. My daughter-in-law made some of those uh, cinnamon toast crunch treats. Mm. Oh, man. They're, they're so delicious. Uh, yeah, bye. 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 All right. And for our first drink on the list, we've got eggnog at number nine. Yeah, I'll buy it. I like eggnog. I, I don't care for eggnog, <laughs> but I'll buy. I'll buy that. Yeah, it, I'm not it a- belongs there. Oh, eggnog ice cream? <gasps> Cookout has an eggnog milkshake that we can now purchase because it's December. Yeah, we I, need to go to Cookout. I have seen people go wild over their uh, Cookout eggnog milkshake. I'm not a big eggnog fan, but I do think it deserves to be on the list. So I, I would buy it there, too. Hmm. All right. Number eight on the list, we have Christmas brownies. And these come in a lot of varieties. And these are not the little, little Debbie brownies, mm. by the record. These are um, homemade brownies? These are just homemade brownies and, and other various assortments because some of them look like trees. People do all sorts of stuff with it. So yeah. Christmas brownies. At okay, I, I guess as long as we have Christmas cookies higher on the list, I'll I'll buy the Christmas brownies. Okay, Christmas brownies. I, again, I, I I will show my loyalty. I will buy because I just can't sell on a brownie. Yeah. <laughs> all right. At number seven, we have peppermint bark, and Ooh. all of its various forms. forms. 
not buy, I guess. You'll buy? Weak buy. That sounds like a reluctant buy. Yeah, well, because I think, I think that some of the other stuff we've listed was better than this, but I guess in the top 10, it's not bad, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pastor Mike, I'll buy. You'll buy. All right. Everybody remember, by your words, you will be justified. <laughs> by your words, you will be condemned. All right. So coming in at number six is the so holiday checks mix with an emphasis uh, on the puppy chow variety that's yeah. like the powdered sugar peanut butter stuff that stuff is just to die for um but there's a lot of really good holiday checks mix out there sometimes people put m&ms and stuff in it it's usually different than the varieties of checks mix you get throughout the year it's usually a lot more sugary mm-hmm. but the holiday variety of checks mix that you get there around Christmas. Yeah, man, uh, I never had heard of it, or at least wasn't very familiar with it until I went to Treveca in my freshman year in our dorm. They had a whole event for the floor of making puppy chow or mudslide or whatever you call it. Yeah, and good. I mean, girls lost their ever-loving minds over this stuff, and I didn't realize why until I actually had some, and I'm like, all right, we got this. <laughs> like, this is good. <laughs> uh, this is something worth losing your mind over. So, yes, I buy that. We're at, what, it's like top five at this Yeah, point? that comes in at, no, it's number six. Six. Well, I, I'll still, I'll, I'll buy it still at six, yeah. Okay. Mike? I'll have to buy. <laughs> all righty. Coming in at number five. And this is one that people are either going to big buy or big sell. These are the Little Debbie Christmas cakes. Now, there's a lot of varieties. There's the trees. They have the brownings. They have the gingerbread men, which I personally love. And this year, they also have Twinkies, which have like a mint inside the Twinkies. And my grandmother, she brought me some of these Sunday Ooh. to church and stuck them on the pulpit. They are, <laughs> the they pulpit? deserve being in the top five. They are delicious. They're holy Twinkies. But was, people, are they people, holy Twinkies? People go out of their mind for the Little, De- little Debbie <laughs> stuff. So Little Debbie Christmas I'll, stuff. I'll buy it. And also like just a word of advice. I think the zebra cakes, which are kind of the, the, the non-seasonal version of the Christmas trees, are best frozen. So if you've never tried a frozen Little Debbie zebra cake oh, wow. or a frozen Little Debbie uh, Christmas tree, do it. Um, so I'll buy I like, it. I, I, like I will take advice. you up on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy. You'll buy? We'll not sell on Little Debbie. <laughs> no, never. All right. Uh, number four. This one's kind of simple but delicious. Uh, chocolate pretzels. So mm. people come out with this and sometimes they have the like pretzel sauce or excuse me, the chocolate sauce or chocolate dip and you dip the pretzels down in it. Sometimes they're already pre-made, but they are so good and you see a lot of them this year. So oh, chocolate yeah. pretzels. Yeah. Mm. Um, I do want to kind of sell it. They are really delicious. But again, I think we've listed some other things that are even better. So I would say still in the top 10, but just not number, what, three, four? We're at four. Four, just not top, not, not number four. So I'm going to sell. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with Pastor Amanda, but I'm still going to buy <laughs> because, um, you know, there's something about that chocolate and that salt and that crunch that's mm-hmm. just really good. I'm, I'm going, I agree. I, I'm not sure they're quite as high as they should be because there's some really good things on there, but I'm still going to buy because I, I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, coming up at number three, we're in our top three now. Um, and these are things which are just classics throughout time. Um, yeah. Number three is candy canes, just yeah. in their true form. Purest form. And yeah. I will say, although I said I don't like peppermint, candy canes and like actual peppermints are my, I really enjoy. I just don't like peppermint flavored things that aren't actually peppermint things. So I like candy canes. I like those little mints that dissolve in your mouth. Like these are good things. Um, yeah. Growing up, we had them hanging on our Christmas tree, had hundreds of them. So like as kids came by our house or even just us, we could eat them throughout the Christmas season off the tree. So really great. So yeah, I'll buy. All right. Pastor Mike? I'll buy. 
all the stories and shepherd staff and everything, the, you know, the J for Jesus, however you want to do it, the, the colors, the red and the white, uh, the blood of Jesus, purity, and uh, uh, all those things that are tied with that, I'll buy. Yeah. And they uh, taste wonderful. <laughs> they taste yeah, I could just sit over here and eat candy canes nonstop. Just I mean, I like the flavored candy cane. So I mean, ship oh, me your Swedish fish. hot chocolate. But oh yeah. Ooh. Which mm. yeah. That being said, do either of y'all want to guess what number 1 or 2 are? We haven't said hot chocolate yet, have we? But we haven't said like hot, hot apple cider either. So either one of those yeah. could be on the list. Or wassail. But I, I would wassail. I'm going to say hot chocolate's got to be in the top 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think what the other one would be though. Well, we'll see. We'll All see right. if I like it. All right, coming in at number two is Christmas cookies. Oh, and this yeah, is yeah, all yeah. varieties. So some people yeah. put the peppermints in the cookies. Some people really like the sugar cookies that have like the reindeer snowmen in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that you get, all Christmas cookies in their full variety. Christmas cookies in number two. Yes, always number two. Um, we Our specific Christmas cookies we liked a lot were the no-bake cookies, which we would only make around Christmas time. So, yes, big, any Christmas cookie, up. number two, definitely. Yeah. Um, Mike? I'll have to buy simply because I don't want to turn my back on Santa Claus who says, yes, that is a big <laughs> buy. Big buy. All right, and number one, the final one, here we are, uh, hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And really, you can take the top three and move them around, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but number one, hot chocolate. Everybody likes hot chocolate on Christmas Day. You can put your peppermint in it. You can dip your cookies in it. There's so many good ways to have hot chocolate. Yes. Also, Dairy Queen has a really great hot cocoa blizzard. So <laughs> I'm hoping after we've said like Dairy Queen and Dairy cookouts, Queen, Queen. somebody might, you know, send us some coupons with their p- pitches and uh, or Pitchforks. Pitchforks and torches, sorry. I don't know. If you want to send a, a Dairy Queen gift card in the midst of that, awesome. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but not. Um, but yes, I buy this. Yeah, I buy. Hot chocolate, uh, good. In fact, I, I'll probably go have some right after this episode. Mm. All right, and for our final thought, what do you all think about the list as a whole? I put this list together um, through some submissions in different ways. I, I got the list. Um, and I was trying to be fair, not just to my personal preference, because, of course, I love the peppermint ice cream. I could just suck that down all year. Um, but then it would also lose its special novelty. Mm. So what do you think? Buy, sell a whole on the list as, as its full entirety. Yeah, I think overall it was a good list. Okay. I, I, I'm not a naysayer, but I will sell because the I feel like the, the chocolate reindeer, the Milky Way reindeer, should be on the list. Well, he did have, like random Christmas well, candy. If that's okay, yeah. I'll buy. I'll buy. If it fits in that <laughs> well, it's, category. It's okay. He can sell. <laughs> by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. He is related to me, and we're getting close to, <laughs> to Christmas, Christmas so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Not really. I'll let, I'll let God sort that out on the Day of Judgment. <laughs> All right, so. One of God's thank top you for, concerns. Yes. God's top concerns are Christmas candy list. Okay. So and thank Buckeyes. you all Buckeyes for joining us. We'll wrap up our program here. Thank you all for joining us. This is Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure, and we hope to bring you a program of value and sometimes a little bit of fun. You know, it feels like there's just heaviness everywhere. It's nice to have some fun. So with that, y'all hit us up with any questions or comments or anything like that. God love you, and have a blessed day.